Bible tonight to Matthew chapter number 26, and I want to try to be a help to you uh, this evening here from the Word of God, and uh, we're going to find ourselves in a familiar passage of Scripture, and uh, always enjoy being able to preach from the Gospels, and there's so much doctrinal truth uh, as well as just personal application, and uh, we see our Savior among men, amen, and among people. And uh, I'm glad God has come to humanity. Amen. And uh, we've been touched by Him, as uh, Brother Danny just sang. And uh, what a difference He makes. Amen. And uh, thank God Jesus Christ has come. And uh, the most pivotal moment in all of human history was when He was born into this world for the purpose of coming and dying on an old rugged cross. And I'm thankful that we were privileged uh, to be able to have much of the life and the ministry and the miracles and the teaching uh, available to us through the gospel writers concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we hope that this is a help and a blessing to you uh, this evening. Matthew chapter number 26. And I want you to look there in verse number 36. Matthew 26 and verse number 36. And uh, the Bible says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and praying, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak." And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners, Rise, let us be going. Behold, He is at hand that doth betray me. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank You, Lord, for this day. Thank You, God, for Your goodness to us. Thank You, Lord, for bringing us safe thus far. Thank You, Lord, for Your hand of provision and uh, God protection upon our life. Lord, we pray, God, for those at camp while they're away. Lord, we trust that You're doing a work there. We ask You, Lord, that You'd continue to do that. But, Lord, here tonight, I pray... Uh, God, that you would meet with us, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. Pray, Lord, that you'd calm our nerves. Lord, just help us to settle in uh, here on the Word of God. And we pray, God, for power. We pray for unction and for liberty. God, we ask you, Lord, for clarity of thought. And, Lord, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people. I pray, Lord, that you'd use this message to be a blessing and a help. Lord, nothing that we can say or do. God can accomplish that, but Lord, we know that if you'll use us and speak through us, speak by us tonight, Lord, I pray that you would do that, that you would be glorified and honored. God, in everything that's said and done, Lord, we pray that you would, uh, God, do that tonight. Lord, magnify yourself, Lord, in this service, in this message. 
And Father, we'll thank you, Lord, for all that you do, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. When we come to Matthew chapter number 26 tonight, we know that the Lord Jesus is uh, just moments uh, away from Judas's betrayal. And he is just a matter of hours uh, away from going to the cross of Calvary. And it is here that we find the Lord Jesus Christ with uh, his disciples. And he takes Peter, James, and John with him. Uh, kind of a distance away from everybody else. And uh, he does it for the purpose of prayer tonight. And as we look at this text, I want you to kind of think about some things before we get into the message. First of all, I want you to consider with me the place where we find the Lord and His disciples. Look in verse number 36. The Bible said, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And saith unto disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. When he said that in verse number 36, this was a place that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ would frequent. It was a place uh, of solitude. It was a place of quiet. It was a, a garden where there were olive trees. And even the word Gethsemane means this. It means the place of the olive press. And as Jesus was here uh, in the garden, we find that God began to press him and God uh, began to work on the Savior preparing his heart uh, for the cross. We know that Jesus all the while in his ministry had said that it was his meat or his desire or uh, his work to do the will of him uh, that sent him tonight. Amen. But you think about that place being the place uh, of the olive press. We know that God would press him here at Gethsemane and then he was led away to a place called Gabbatha it was the place of the pavement and it was there where God would further press our Savior and then finally to Calvary's cross at Golgotha's hillside we know that God would ultimately press him there laying the dregs of the judgment of God and laying the way to the sin of the world upon the Son of God and so this was a very important place tonight amen and so we not only consider the place but we consider Consider the pain. Whenever you consider Gethsemane, I want you to think about this. Luke's Gospel gives us this word in our King James Bible. And it's the only time that this word occurs in our Bible. And it's talking about Jesus being there in Gethsemane. The Bible talks about His sweat becoming, as it were, great drops of blood. And Luke writes it like this. He said, and Jesus being in an agony all of the way to the sin all of the judgment of God was now being laid upon the Lord Jesus Christ as he would make his way to the cross I want you to consider that tonight he who knew no sin that's what the Bible says about him he had no sin nature never had an impure fault didn't know what it was to disobey his earthly parents didn't know what it was to have an impure fault didn't know what it was to commit an immoral act never knew what it it was to lie, never knew what it was to be out of fellowship with the Father and there on the cross he experienced that and he did it for you and me. Amen. He endured that pain. Isaiah 
put it this way. He said that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we're healed. And so Jesus was experiencing pain. Not only the physical pain of a cross, but the spiritual pain of being alienated from the Father, knowing what it was to be separated from God tonight. Amen. So we consider the place and then we think about the pain but then I want you to consider the purpose as to why the Lord Jesus came notice what the word of God tells us in verse number 39 and he went a little farther and fell on his face and praying said oh my father if it be possible let this cup pass from me nevertheless not as I will but as thou wilt here we find the Lord Jesus Christ submitting his will to the will of God. Now when we think about the Garden of Gethsemane in this instance that we're given here in the Word of God, we know without a doubt that Jesus is and He was God. And we know without a doubt that Jesus was and is a man. And I'm glad tonight that while there is a Savior that is seated at the right hand of God, He has been glorified. Amen. And He is the Son of God. But what gives me hope tonight is that there is a man in the presence of God I'm not divine and I'm not sovereign and I don't have any idea what it's like to be like that but I know one thing I'm a man and I'm walking in the human experience and I'm glad there's somebody who's my representative tonight he's an advocate he knows how I feel he's walked where I've walked he's lived where I've lived and I'm glad tonight that there is a man who's been touched with the feelings of my infirmities in the presence of Almighty God tonight. Amen. What was the purpose of this moment of prayer? It was to finally say yes completely and fully to the purpose and the will of God for the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. He shows us what it is to bow our will to God's will tonight. Amen. If we could for just a few moments tonight, I want to talk to you tonight about the purpose of Jesus' prayer, the purpose of Jesus' prayer. As he submitted himself to the will of God, I want to look at four things quickly this evening and then we'll go home. But the first thing that I want to look at tonight is in this prayer we find Jesus and his purpose concerning determination. Look with me in verse number 39. The Bible says, And he went a little farther and fell on his face and praying, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless not as I will, but as thou wilt. All of the things that we afford mentioned concerning the cross and concerning the abuse that he would endure and concerning the separation from God. Listen, Jesus understood and knew exactly what he would be facing. He understood and he knew that he would experience the judgment of God. He understood and he knew that he would be alienated from the Father for the first time and the final time in his existence tonight. Amen. And he knew and understood what was coming down the road and he knew and understood what he was going to face. But I'm glad that the Bible said him knowing all of that, thank God he went a little further. Amen. Thank 
God the word of God said he went a little farther and he fell on his face praying saying oh my father if it be possible let this cup pass from me nevertheless not as I will but as thou will he was determined to pray he was determined to do the will of God and I'm glad that Jesus knowing and understanding that being our divine example tonight he went a little farther amen I want to encourage your heart tonight if the Lord Jesus Christ knew and understood what was coming down the road he knew all of the things that he would face then would to God you and I tonight find the determination to go to the prayer closet again knowing what we'll face knowing the evil of the world knowing the difficulty of life thank God we can be determined as Christ was just to go a little further there's never been more of a temptation I believe with God's people to quit and to compromise and just to bail out and to leave and in spite of all those that have and in spite of all those that have failed would to God tonight that you and I would look to the Savior and draw strength from Him and draw the energy and the determination to go on another mile Amen sometimes you feel like you're on your last leg Sometimes you feel like you're at the end of the rope. Sometimes you feel like all of the resources in life have been extended and you have reached the end of the line. But I'm glad that God shows up on time every time. And thank God He was a determined Savior. And would to God you and I be determined in our walk with Him not to quit. Just to pray again. You say, well, preacher, there's something I've been praying about for a long time and I'm really weary with it and I desire to see God do something tonight. Look, just pray again. Amen. Just be determined in your walk with God. Sometimes you see those wayward children or those co-workers that don't want to hear anything about God or those family members that don't really care about you serving the Lord and you say, what's the point? Why should I keep praying? Why should I keep going after them with the gospel? Listen, just be determined tonight. You can't make them believe and you can't twist their arm. But what you can do is continuously put the love of Christ and put the gospel before them and have a holy determination to see them come to God before their death. We ought to be determined in our witness. We ought to be determined in our work tonight. Amen. We ought to be determined in our worship. We'll never worship the Lord by accident tonight. Everything that Jesus did, He did it with a divine purpose. He did it on purpose tonight. And if you're ever going to worship God and you're ever going to work for God, you're ever going to be anything for God, it won't be by accident, but it will be on purpose tonight. Amen. We say this respectfully, but the gray-haired saints, the elderly ones in our church who have lived for God all of these years, they didn't do it because they had to. They didn't do it because someone made them but they made up their mind that they would serve God no matter what their family did, no matter what others did. Listen, there's a whole lot of old timers in this church and I say that respectfully and they they raised their children here with Brother Cape and they raised their children here in the early years with Brother Gravely and their children turned tail and they went to the world but I'm glad that there were some saints that were determined just to stick it out and to stay with God and they're still here tonight by the grace of God you know why because they're determined to serve the Lord 
Sometimes you've just got to make up your mind that you're going to live for God. You've got to make up your mind that you're going to serve Him no matter what anybody else does tonight. Amen. We see His determination. I'm glad when we find ourselves in the place of prayer, it gives us the determination and the strength and the energy to go on another mile. Amen. Uh, listen, there are good books that we can read, good spiritual books, good uh, religious books. There are good songs that will uh, give us encouragement along the way. But there is no substitute for the place of prayer. And even the Lord Jesus Christ knew that. He knew what was coming down the way. And he just had to get along with God. He was determined to do the will of God tonight. We see His determination. Secondly, we find the purpose of glorification here in His prayer. Notice what He said there again in verse number 39. And He went a little farther and fell on His face and praying and saying, Oh, my Father. The first things that He says that we have recorded in the Scripture when we find Him here at Gethsemane the first words that he utters is, Oh, my Father. Everything that the Lord Jesus Christ did, he did it for the honor and the glory of God. Everything that Jesus did, he did it with the divine purpose of magnifying his Father and pleasing his Father tonight. Whenever you think about the life and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to understand that Jesus never did anything for himself. He always had somebody else in mind. Amen. He always had his disciples. You think about John uh, chapter number 17 where Jesus is praying. That great prayer in John chapter number 17. Jesus is praying to the Father and he glorifies the Father. And then when he moves through that prayer, he prays for his disciples and for their strength and for their ministry and then after he prays for the disciples he moves on to those that would believe because of their labor and because of their effort and there in John 17 Jesus had somebody else in his mind and had somebody else in his heart and everything but he did it, it began and it ended with the glory of God may that be our attitude May that be our heart's cry tonight. May that be our motivation tonight to glorify the Father, not to magnify ourselves, not to lift ourselves up, not to do eye service for those around us, but to glorify the Lord and to magnify God with our life. That ought to be our desire. And Jesus, being our divine example, did that every step of the way. Everything that He did, He was determined to glorify the Father tonight. Amen. And may our lives reflect that. May our lives be an example to others. And may our lives be an exhortation. And may our lives be a blessing to our Heavenly Father that whatever we do, we seek to glorify Him and to magnify Him with everything that we do. May our private life magnify the Lord. The psalmist said, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. That private life, that quiet life, when nobody else is around, that's one of the hardest things to 
deal with. That's one of the hardest things to get a hold of sometimes because really there's no accountability. Nobody else is around. There's no show to put on for everybody. But that private life is really who we are. And may we glorify God in the dark. May we glorify God when the shades and the curtains are pulled. May we glorify God in the innermost center of our heart tonight. May we glorify Him with our private life. May we glorify Him with our public life tonight. When we're around others, we ought to be concerned with our testimony. We ought to be concerned with what we say and what we do concerning others. We ought to uh, be concerned with how we present ourselves to others, how we deal with others tonight. Amen. Everything that we do, what we say, how we speak, how we dress, how we carry ourselves, our attitude, the way we, our demeanor towards our family. May we glorify God in everything that we do tonight. We see His determination and then we see His glorification. But then I want you to consider tonight the great indication. This is not for the Lord Jesus Christ necessarily, but I want you to consider the disciples whenever we think about this. Notice what the Word of God says. He told them in verse number 36, He said, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And He took with Him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith He unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Verse 40, And he cometh unto the the disciples, and finding them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and he prayed and he's uh, submitting himself to the will of God. He said, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again for their eyes were very heavy. And he left them and went away and prayed the third time saying the same words. And so here Jesus is. He's got Peter, James, and John. And these men uh, experienced probably more intimate moments with the Lord Jesus Christ than any of the other rest of the disciples. Peter, James, and John. They were there at the Mount of Transfiguration and they saw the glory of God coming out of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were here at Gethsemane while Jesus was there in agony and He prayed and they saw that tender moment with the Lord. They saw Him like none of the other disciples had seen Him. You ever wonder why? Because if you think about this, Peter, James, and John, they went on, you read the epistles and you read the book of Acts. These men became the pillars of the early church. Jesus knew these men had weakness. Jesus knew these men still needed some strength and they still needed some help. And so Jesus brought them along for this private moment of prayer. And and here Peter is mentioned. And Peter's fallen asleep. Peter, that that same Peter who was ready to go to prison and, and to death, 
That, that same Peter who told the Lord, be it far from me concerning the cross, this man full of zeal and this man who was ready to build those tabernacles there on the Mount of Transfiguration, this man with all this zeal and all this fervor, suddenly we find him here in a critical moment. He's falling asleep. And here in just a little while, we find him leaving and fleeing. We find him following afar off and we find him warming his hand by the fire of the enemy and ultimately we find him denying the Lord Jesus Christ. And so my point is tonight is prayer is a great indication of where you and I are spiritually tonight. Brother Gravely says this often. He says, you know, I've never prayed enough. You ever thought about that tonight? Well, we pray, and, and I, maybe you're not like me, but, but I've walked away from the place of prayer before feeling pretty good about myself and, and come to find out I didn't learn anything while I was there. You know why? Because I thought, well, I did a good job. I did all right. I prayed, you know, 30 minutes or an hour or whatever, and, you know, you think you're doing okay. But prayer really shows you where you're at spiritually tonight. You ever been praying and you have a problem or an issue and you're talking to the Lord about it and he says that's, that's fine, we'll discuss that but first we're going to talk about you and we're going to deal with the things in your heart and we're going to deal with that envy and we're going to deal with that jealousy and we're going to deal with that strife and we're going to deal with that bitterness and all of those things that you've just tried to push away and hide but prayer is a great indicator of where we are spiritually. Ever think you're doing good? Just set out to praying. And surely enough, the Holy Ghost will reveal to you where you truly are. As He's done for me and done for you, I'm sure, and done for so many others. But I'm glad that when Jesus found them slipping, I'm glad that when He found them tired and weak in their flesh, I'm glad that he didn't come with a swift rebuke. I'm glad that he did not come and abandon them. But as a matter of fact, he did the opposite. Look what he said in verse number 45. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Here Jesus is. He knows what's coming. He knows that Judas and that great band of men are on their way. But Jesus takes a moment for His disciples in the midst of their weakness and in the midst of their iniquity and in the midst of even their laziness. He offers them the opportunity to rest. And I'm glad tonight that in the midst of my failures and I'm glad in the midst of my shortcomings and I'm glad in the midst of my spirit even being willing uh, but be never finding the right thing to do at the moment uh, because the flesh is weak uh, I'm glad I can rest in him uh, and I can draw strength from a savior who's never failed uh, and he's never been weak uh, and he's never been consumed uh, and concerned with himself but he offers us rest and he gives us the opportunity to try again I'm thankful for that tonight. When it comes to the place of prayer, we can come to God and say, God, I messed up again. You remember, Lord, I confessed something just like this a couple days ago or a couple hours ago or maybe a week ago. 
Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I want to repent. Lord, I know that I've already asked for forgiveness, but I'm glad that he doesn't throw it up in our face. I'm glad tonight that he offers that forgiveness and it's fresh and it's full and it's free and it's always there tonight. That ought to drive us to the place of prayer. You know, tonight it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. I'm glad our Savior doesn't browbeat us. I'm glad He doesn't forsake us. But I'm glad He lets us rest in who He is tonight. We see His determination. We see His glorification. We see the great indication. But then consider with me finally the the consolation. Look at what the Word of God says in verse number 45. Then cometh He to His disciples... And saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Judas and those men are on their way, and we know how all this unfolds. Judas betrays the Lord Jesus Christ with a kiss. They arrest him. Peter, in a fit of rage, tries to, or tries to kill a man and cuts his ear off. Jesus then heals that man. But look at verse number 56 of the chapter. We didn't read the verse. But look at what the Word of God says in verse number 56. But all this was done that the Scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples, not just Peter, not just James, not just John, not just Thomas, then all the disciples forsook him and fled. They left him there to be arrested, to be led away to those mock trials, to those illegal proceedings to be beaten, to be slandered, to be lied about, to be falsely accused. They forsook him and they fled tonight. And the great consolation in this tonight is though they left him, he never left them. As Jesus was there praying, you think about this tonight, Jesus is there in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's praying. And all of this distress is going on around them. And all of these things are coming. And all of these problems and all of these issues are about to present themselves. And there are men who were trained for faithfulness and they were trained for the ministry. And he finds that they have forsaken him. And what a wonderful picture this is tonight of that high priest ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here these men are. They are to be reconciled to God by the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ he is going to Calvary just for them and in the midst of their sorrow and in the midst of their sin and the midst of their problems there is a Savior who is, who is aware of all of that but in the midst of it he is praying for those that he calls his own tonight amen and listen you may have forsaken him you may have forgotten about him you, God may have not even entered into your mind today and you may have failed to pray and you may have failed to read the script 
scriptures and you spiritually speaking have forsaken him but I'm glad that there's a savior though you've forsaken him he's never forsook you and he's never forgot about you and here in these moments while the problems are raging and while the devil's on your heels and while everything that's taking place in your life is unfolding there is a savior that is seated at the right hand of God who has called your name to the father and he's pleaded your case hallelujah what a great high priest we have in the Lord Jesus Christ what a savior tonight what a great high priest what a wonderful prophet priest and king but above all that oh what a savior tonight amen that he would endure the shame and the sorrow and the suffering of the cross and he would go a little further and he would exercise that determination that you and I can look to him as our example and we can be determined to go on tonight, amen. Can I encourage you be determined in the place of prayer. Be determined in your worship. Be determined in your walk. Be determined in your work for our Savior. And certainly because of Christ, we'll hear him say well done tonight. Amen, let's stand together as they play. Maybe you need to find a place of prayer in the altar tonight.